Welcome to Telltale, the podcast where marketers can learn from interviews with fantastic storytellers. Yes, welcome to episode three of the Telltale podcast. I am your host, Kurt Sanders. With me, as always, is the queen of content marketing in Brisbane, Brittany Dreghorn. Good afternoon. How, How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Are you liking the different introductions each week? Yes. As we go along? I just wonder what you like when you'll run out of things to never. say and what I'll turn into. Never. I'm looking forward to it. I'm never satisfied. Ever. <laughs> On today's show, we have a very special guest, Chris Titley of, of Morgan's Financial Limited, a uh, stockbroker here, and the host of Morgan's 40 Under 40 series podcast. Hello. Chris. Hello, welcome. No, welcome oh, to you. That's right, I'm on the other side. <laughs> You're on the other side yeah. of the yeah. mic today. There you go. On the other side of the mic. We're very excited to have you today, Chris, because... The Morgan's podcast, 40 Under 40, was in iTunes' Top 50 Business Podcasts in Australia just a few months back, and it's still going strong. It certainly is, yeah. yeah. Like the content is coming left, right, and centre. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a heap of fun. I bet at the start you were asking startups to go on your podcast, and now they're asking you if they can come on. Yeah, the flip's happened only in the last couple of months. Really? Yeah, so it's it's been a really fascinating journey the last it's only been about 16 months so cool. started about um actually started with steve baxter um oh, that's the, awesome. um, yeah. the the godfather of the brisbane ecosystem here in tech it's um, true the unofficial the unofficial yeah that's <laughs> Something right like that yeah. anyway we'll get on to that but we'll start with content marketing news today yes as always content marketing news and we're talking about drinks but in particular, how drinks connect people on a social level. Um, in the past few weeks, we've seen Pepsi absolutely botch this up. Um, if you haven't seen that, we'll, we'll embed the video in the show notes, but um, just horrific, just awful for Pepsi. On the flip side, Brittany, Heineken. Yeah, they really turned it around. So what we saw was a lot of publicity after Pepsi brought out their campaign with Kendall Jenner. Um, and nobody liked it, you know, Pepsi pulled the uh, down straight away. Gratuitous Pepsi shots. Gratuitous Pepsi shots and Kendall Jenner <laughs> promoting peace, love and harmony through Pepsi, which yes. is just horrific. Yeah, it's not great, but do you know what is great? Beer uh, and better people drink to with start differences. With. Yeah, better drink to start with, I think. Yeah, so what yeah. they've done is totally different and somehow, I think, to do with the production, so the production of the Pepsi ad in the first instant uh, it's it's an ad to me. It's supposed to be content, but they've created it into an ad. It's very shiny, and the way that it's delivered, and even the message and the branding. Whereas Heineken's, um, as you know, if you haven't watched it, uh, it's bringing two people together with huge differences. They do a problem-solving activity, uh, and at the end, they get a chance that the differences are revealed, and they get a chance to discuss them. The storytelling behind the Heineken ad for mine is the part that hooks me and wins me straight away. The thing that really gets me about it is that they didn't have to use a celebrity name to try and pull some kind of audience in, that they're using the story, they're using these authentic characters to, to bring in an audience on something that is bigger than beer, like it's, you know, beer is really the last thing you think about when you're looking mm. at it, but then they manage to tie it in because you can, you know, you can discuss anything over a beer with a mate. Absolutely, and mm. for some reason when Pepsi tried to do it, it was offensive that they <laughs> tried to make their drink about that message, yeah. but when Heineken's done it, I actually feel like they had the right to do it, yeah. like they did such a good job of doing it, it just 
it seems like it's the exact right product for that problem. Yeah, like absolutely. You can discuss anything over a beer. I don't give a shit about discussing anything over a Pepsi, but <laughs> what's more offensive about the Pepsi thing is that they made a conscious decision to choose Kendall Jenner to deliver this togetherness yeah. message and the Kardashians or Jenner's Surely or whatever, only appeals to one audience. They are not about togetherness. They are no. they are the opposite. They are the elite and the rest of us are the mere Heineken drinkers who just want to have a chat about our differences. Absolutely, but at the end of the day, here we are discussing both of them, <laughs> and I don't know if anyone stopped drinking Pepsi. True, true. So, has it stopped? On us. Yeah, has it stopped Pepsi drinkers? Probably not. Probably not. Chris, here's a great segue into talking about your podcast. Beer. Yeah, or yeah beer. Beer. Beer's, beer's beer is one thing, yeah, of course. Startups love beer. Yeah, yeah they do, yeah. Built on beer. Actually, our very first guest, Jock Fairweather, said startups were built on beer. In particular, his startup was built on beer. But we'll get straight into it around the 40 Under 40 podcast. I guess the reason this thing is so successful and so you know, really enjoyed by audience is that they are authentic stories, right? Absolutely, and that's the message that I got out of looking at podcasts in the US. I started listening to them about 18 months ago and a lot of technical talk, like a lot of lingo and, and coming from a person outside of technology and outside of kind of startups and traditionally in investment markets, the message that we need to give our clients is that it's not the lingo and it's not uh, that difficult. We just kind of pretend that it is difficult with different acronyms and this and that and, and going into that sort of tech um, space um, when there's things like co-working spaces and accelerators and SaaS and this and and you're going well I, I don't have a clue what that is I just wanted to get the story out of people to say right let's forget all that and let's tell me why you started it and where you want to go and how's it going mm -hmm. and that's the message that I wanted to get through the podcast series, I think that's resonating pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because, like you're saying, so you want these investors to realise that these startups have a passion, and the reason that they're successful usually is their passion. It's not. It's none of this technical jargon that they're all talking about behind the scenes. So you want to help them, like reveal their passion. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 promote them and get them up on a pedestal to say, hey, being an entrepreneur is tough, but here's some love. Yeah. Because it might be a Tuesday afternoon and you're coding away on your app or whatever it might be and you're having some some bad luck but and and, and the bills are coming in and how are we going to pay them and all these thoughts are going through the head but I want to get that real passion out and say it is tough it is but I've made this decision and I'm proud of this decision and I'm going to go run with it mm -hmm. and I'm going to and I'm going to for me I want to promote that and say yeah. look at this person and yes yeah, some amazing stories like one that comes to mind Tim Fung from Airtasker like yeah. They had a, literally, we're talking about beer, they were having a beer and they were, bought some Ikea furniture and they're like, surely there's someone out there that knows how to, <laughs> we can pay to put some Ikea furniture together. And that was their moment at a bar having a beer. The Tanda guys here in Brisbane as well, four university people having a beer at the bar saying, talking to the bartender saying, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm putting my hours, putting in my roster, pen and pencil. And they're like, is there a better way of doing that? Is that? And they're like, we don't know. So they built it. Mm. So it's that it's that moment and that I mean not necessarily light bulb moment, but more about why what's the problem here and, and what do you do about it? Mm. And let's get the squeeze the lemon out of your journey, mm. yeah, as opposed sure. to what's your valuation, you know, what's your revenue, how you're going, you know, who do you want to be acquired by, and and the end game. Let's let's tell the real story because there's a real story to be told. Yeah. yeah. 
There's so many things happening in the startup market here, it's, so it's great that you can reveal these stories. I heard someone say, I attend a few of these startup events as well, they're saying, um, you know, so many new startups, pretty much everything that's inconvenient will change. So like you can be sure that everything that you're looking at that's difficult for you now, there's an opportunity for someone to automate. So all of these things, like you're saying, they have these light bulb moments, but they're just problem solving. They are problem solving, and, and that's one of the questions that I ask a lot. Or what what's probably so a lot of investors ask that too. Mm. Um, but it's changing so quickly. Like as you mentioned, any repetitive task, I mean whether it be a task or. Or freelancer or Siri, even. I mean, I've started to use Siri to book meetings now. Does it look work? Like a bit of <laughs> Does she call the wrong person? Um, no, she sort of puts in the wrong date sometimes. But yeah. I'm like, um, I, I tell my wife to when I have to pick up the kids, put it into Siri and talk to Siri. And you, you're testing out these type of things. Yeah. And I think some of these things will just go click eventually. Mm. Um, and it'll take some time. But yeah, there's, there's heaps of like there's a um, artificial intelligence company out of New York, which I interviewed called X.AI, and they they schedule meetings, so they could get a robot to schedule your meetings for, on, on email. Like, his pitch was, we schedule meetings. That was his pitch. I'm like, that's cool. That's an easy to understand pitch, because everyone does email meetings all the time. Yeah. Um, they just got some artificial intelligence behind to do it, and he was mentioning, like, you know, book a flight to Sydney will be the, the norm um, in, you know, maybe six months, maybe a year, I don't know, but it'll happen eventually, where yeah. you can just say three words, and all of a sudden, you you know, Domino's are doing it with the pizza, like order me my latest order. Yeah. You're driving in the car and it goes to the, they know what you have, they know the payment, they know everything, it's seamless. Yeah, mm. so talking about it from a storytelling angle, like you you talk to, to these startups and it's obvious that they want to probably talk about their startup and then you bring it back to a story-centric approach. How many times have you come across a story with these guys that they kind of didn't even realise was that was their unique value point? And secondly, how did like the investors who listen to the podcast react to those stories as well? It's a good question. I'm I'm normally the one that does a good question. That's an outstanding question. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> um, How come you don't tell me when I ask good questions? And I'm about to steal that one. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, um, bringing bringing the best out of them and getting their story out is 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 happens a few times. Mm. Definitely um, a bit of a side topic. Went on a regional tour recently. We'll talk about that later on. But um, opening up and telling stories about the past for people like it, it's sometimes tough because they're so forward thinking. And, and saying, well, actually, I want to build this, I want, I'm pushing forward, I'm scaling up, I'm going so fast. And then if you bring them back to the beginning, they're like, oh, that's right, and that's how it happened. And, and you get that emotion that comes out, and you, you get happy emotion, you get sad emotion, you get mm -hmm. um, lots of different things. So, yeah, I mean, trying to, the way I try and portray it is <clears throat> tell me why and how the earliest memory you have of this startup, and all of it's quite fresh because it's sort of 18 months in, but some go back 10 or 15 years. And then those early days, how hard was it to get the first customer or the first sale or the MVP that was right or all these different things. So um, getting that information out of them does unlock some emotion. Mm. Um, and from an investor point of view, the point of the podcast as well is to open up to potential investors for them. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily the, the, the reason why I do it, but it's, mm. a, it's a bit of an added bonus. But I think what they look for is, is, is integrity, is honesty, is transparency and, and, and someone that can be a good storyteller because mm. at the end of the day, if you're a good storyteller, your people will listen mm. uh, more than someone that, as I said, but, you know, talks about the numbers and the margins and the percentage this and percentage that. No one wants to hear that. Would it be fair to say that investors look for to invest in passion before numbers? It's a good question. I, I, I can't speak for VC funds, but I, yeah. I, I certainly 
know that they're fixated on what they want and if they come across someone in their sphere of what they want yes they'll invest whether it be a moonshot or whether it be in a niche vertical such as AI or whether it be in marketplaces or whether it is the person but at the end of the day what I've done for 15 years in investment markets is back people really mm. I mean you back companies but you also back the people that run those companies so mm. all back entrepreneurs like you your Mark Salby's here locally who, who started Blue Sky and if you backed him on the float, it was a dollar a share, now it's eight dollars a share. Mm. Screw Turner at Flight Center, I think it was a 95 cent listing, it's now forty dollars. So you, you, you're you backing people and you're backing their journey. Mm. And and the startup world, there's a lot of journeys happening mm. and there's a lot of opportunity to back those journeys because people have passion, they have vision. Um, it's just a question of how you, you know, what investment funds, what mandates they want and, and what they see in people. But the trick is to try and see someone, see their journey and, and, and follow them and help them along the way and hopefully you know the journey goes upwards but mm. in the startup world as you know it's inherently risky though and it's always it's not always the product that they land on first the one that is successful so you don't want to write them off straight away do you if they've got passion and they look like they can do absolutely. it absolutely and, and like an advocate of that's like the startup catalyst that that steve runs sort of sending kids to silicon valley um under the age of 25 and they they'll start on something when they come back because they realize that they're talented because that's, that's the hard part here in Australia, I think, because people don't realise how good they are. Because mm. mm. they see Silicon Valley, they see television, they see London, and they're like, oh, we're never as good as them. And they go over there and they go into hackathons and code weekends and they're like, we're just as good. And mm. they come back here with this energy and they're like, they'll start something and it probably will fail. Or it'll de deviate or it'll pivot, pivot or whatever yeah. it might be. And that's that's the learning. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not necessarily look at. I'm sure if you logged into the Facebook.com um, in its early <laughs> stages, you'd be along. going, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is rubbish," you know, yeah. because you you pivot along the way. MySpace pivoted, you know, into music. <laughs> sure did. <Yeah. laughs> it, went sure. Yeah, it went somewhere. It certainly that's did right. pivot. It certainly um, did pivot. Yeah, so you do, you're doing that in the startup scene, but you're also doing some other things that are in the same kind of um, area. You've been doing some startup TV stuff. Um, can you tell us a bit about what that's about and also the roadshow that you went sure. on to regional Queensland? Yeah, so we had we had Myriad here recently, which is the second innovation summit, but this is the, the first one that's branded um, uh, its, its own name, whereas last year was the, sort of the Queensland government's. Innovation Summit, which was a massive event for, for Brisbane, um, having a couple of thousand people under our roof. Admittedly, Cyclone and Debbie took half of, half of that day off. <coughs> but that's, that's startup life, isn't it, really? Like, yeah. you've got to come. You've got it's weathering. a cyclone every day. Yeah, right? it's a cyclone yeah. every day. And, and there's a big analogy, and there's a, a lot oh, of wow. stories about the shadow parties um, on that afternoon that, um, yeah, people just got really pissed and networked and that was mm. just the best part about it because you're, you're under one roof and it's raining outside and what else do you do to your network so but the event itself was a culmination of what brisbane has needed for a long time of having international guests and you know people flying in from sydney and melbourne talking about startups talking about innovation not necessarily um uh technology per se but just about community building and, and a lot of the things so morgan's were fortunate enough to sponsor that event we were one of the key sponsors last year and, and this year, and, and I decided that um, the best um, bang for our buck, I suppose, was to interview a whole lot of people while I was there. And so we put together 25 interviews, um, videos, um, somewhere between sort of three to five minutes of um, startups, industry participants, and got them talking about Brisbane, Queensland, Myriad, what they do, and put it all together into a bit of a package, which we're now slowly fitting out to everyone. Mm. Mm. Pretty amazing sort of day. 
I was pretty cooked by the end, but had heaps of beers at the end, so it was good. Heaps of Heineken's. I have a question if we can get back to the podcast. Um, what made you decide that a podcast was the right thing for your audience? What, what was it that made that particular medium, because, you know, they're not particularly huge, huge in Australia yet, but, you know, like, are we talking about an audience that is captivated in a car all the time? You know, it's just like the cassette tape of the 80s kind of thing. Is that, is that the angle, or was it a, something different? So here's the real story. The real story was that we as a firm have traditionally floated some companies in the technology space and, and led them to the IPO, so led, led them to being a public company. So whatif.com and Redbubble and a few other ones recently, Superloop, Megaport. And I thought, all these businesses are started by entrepreneurs. So where are these entrepreneurs? And so I went down to River City Labs and I chatted to Steve and I said, um, who's cool down here, what's happening? And he's like, oh, there's this stuff and this, this. I said, I want to meet him. He's like, what for? I'm like, I don't know, I just want to meet them. So I went and had coffees with a few and um, started putting on a spreadsheet, like this company does this, and <clears throat> they do that, that, and it all got a bit messy. So um, I said to Josh Anthony, I don't know if you remember Josh, he used to run River City Labs there, he's subsequently gone traveling. I said, mate, what are the, what are the cool kids do down at River City Labs in a bit of downtime? And he goes, mate, they Snapchat and they listen to podcasts. And I'm like, there's two things that I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway, um, <laughs> and this is about yeah, nearly two years ago. And I'm like, Snapchat is like, yeah, you know, people put their lives up and there's VC funds in America and they snap that they're about to sign a term sheet for $100 million. And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, but that's not really me. And he goes, podcast. He's like, yeah, they're massive in the US. I'm like, okay. So I did a bit of reading. And I said, oh, why don't I, why don't I start one here in Brisbane that interviews startups? He's like, great idea. And I'm like, who should I start with? He's like, well, why don't you start with Steve? I'm like, it's a good idea. Mm. I rang up Baxter and said, um, it's Christopher Morgan's. I um, want to do a podcast on here. He's like, cool, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. I have <laughs> Not no sure idea. yet. <laughs> Can I just come along to River City Labs and I'll bring our audiovisual guy along and we'll talk about it. He's like, cool. And then all of a sudden this innovation policy came out from the Temple government, like the night before. I'm like, here's my material. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Mm. And he taught the story and, and that was cool. And um, it got like 12 listens and it was amazing. Like it was just before Christmas and I put it on Twitter and I looked at this count and I was like, 12 people listen to that. That's amazing. And mm. I felt really, like, like, warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I, I kind of had a few mates that, like Michael Fox from Shoes of Prey, which I've known for years, and Brisbane Boy, and doing great things in that, that space. And I rang him up and said, I've got this startup podcast with, like, one person. Uh, <laughs> do you want to be on? He's like, yeah, sure, no worries. Um, and then Elaine from Blue Sky came back from Israel. Um, which I just sort of heard on a Twitter feed or something, and I said, do you want to talk about your trip to Israel? She's like, great. And that's kind of how it began. Yeah. Um, and Steve was brilliant. Like, he still reminds me that he was the first, so, yeah. yeah. And now it's in the top 50. How's that, how's that feel? Yeah, look, um, that's cool, but mm. you want to be a bit bigger. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's humbling to know that there's some people listening, but it's, it's growing in size. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've got, like, a... I feel like I've got a retailer that's got like two sh two shops, and there's some sort of a handful of people come in and buy a pair of shoes every now and then. But I want to take it to like a hundred stores. Yeah, very good analogy. Good analogy. Yeah. So every week on the Telltale Podcast, and I don't know if you're ready for this, we discuss our guests' best little white lie. 
Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, off the top of your head, and it doesn't have to be yep. a down, a, a takedown of anyone in particular. It can be something your mum doesn't know about. Who knows? <laughs> but what is one of the best clangers you ever told? I reckon one. I mean, when I was eight years old, I really wanted to be on TV. And there was a show called Now You See It. I don't know if you remember Now You See It. I do remember Now You See It. Brittany and so that was the, uh, <laughs> it was like the across and up thing. You're like, yeah, yeah. across, down. It was like a robot as well, mm. maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not, it was a wordplay. <laughs> yeah, it was a wordplay. It was a wordplay. And and I, um, like, this is TV. This is like, remember our um, free-to-air TV? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind of? Brittany, yeah. Channel 7, maybe. Brittany didn't know what the Wonder Years were. I don't know if that's... The Wonder Years? Yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the one of the first big internet conspiracies is whether Marilyn Manson was actually yeah I remember um, Josh I remember that was like one of the first yeah. internet like everyone had to like search yeah. the internet for that yeah. like the internet what's that like we can find out whether Josh is Marilyn Manson yeah, or not. yeah. for our listeners Brittany has an extremely blank look on her face right now wondering what the hell the Wonder Years was but sorry now you see it the, oh yeah the, now you see it yeah, yeah so it had to be ten right and I wasn't ten oh. and I just said that I was ten on the application form. And I was like eight or something, and they accepted me, and I got on. And Sweet. I got. Did, was your birth certificate just like a written one? Like <laughs> yeah, well, they, on the they back of a like, it was a pretty like eight years old, like, like ten. And I'm like, oh. you had to be ten. I'm like, that's cool. Do you know what? This is so funny. Segwaying into a Louis C.K. joke, he talks about teaching kids not to lie, right? And he's like, you know, you get up a child going and doing something, and they're there, and they're so frightened, and then they're just like. I didn't do it, and you, you're like, oh, fine, and then they're off the hook, and they're like, how do you try to explain to them not to use that perfect example, like, perfect excuse every time, like, it's just the easiest thing, and you're like, yep, yeah, right. yeah, and they're like, yeah, cool, in. come in, and then I come in, I'm like, yeah, and I, I lost in the final, I was shattered, I love oh. the final girl I lost to, yeah, right, um, if they're Damn. out there now, um, yeah, um, so I didn't win the, I won, like, a little prize pack instead of, like, a big prize pack, so right. I was devastated, just like, like a cap and some stickers, yeah, yeah, some stickers, <laughs> Because stickers were cool, posters maybe. Stickers I don't know. Were great. Yeah, right. Now you see. So there's, now you see it. That's one of them. Yeah. And the other ones just come to mind. Like the internet was like um, just starting to happen at, at my school, which will remain nameless. But you can look me up. It doesn't matter. It's prison grammar. Um, <laughs> and um, it was in grade twelve, and the emails had just started happening, and no one really knew what was going on in emails. But I managed to gather an email of a particular girl. Um, and um, I didn't have an email myself, but I knew someone in the computer club that did have an email. And so I, like, oversaw his email and emailed this girl pretending to be a stalker, kind of me. Oh my god. And uh, got into trouble. Yeah, got a Saturday detention. Oh, right. Cut yeah. that. And yeah. so you should have. Yeah, because so it, was, it was like a, hey, um, you know, something along the lines of, like, you did really well at sport on the weekend or something. It wasn't like stalker. It wasn't sport. insidious. No, no. Yeah. And, and this girl was like, it's emailed this random window. person going, who is this? And that's a bit freaky. And yeah. rang the parents and got in trouble. Yeah. So yeah. I, sat, I like that stretch where I'm looking at you from a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. It was me testing our technology, and uh, I got a Saturday attention for it. So uh, there you go. So you should. So I got three hours on a Saturday. Um, yeah, there you Chris go. Chris Titley, thank you so much for being on the Telltale Podcast. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, Brett, for joining us again every week. Uh, we'll be coming out on Wednesdays every week, so don't miss it. And don't forget to tell your tale, people. It's extremely important. Thanks. Telltale is part of the Content Division Podcast Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or stream it from the contentdivision.com.au forward slash podcast.